Good fun, right? Get to preach twice in the morning. Yeah. Practice, we're going to two morning meetings in September, so we just... My wife, Kim, and I've spoken in many churches, said, have you done this before? I said, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember, but... Anyway, I'm just going to do it today. <laughs> it's going to be different, because I can never do the same sermon. Even this morning, when somebody said, could you say that again? I think, no, I can't remember what I just said. So, it's, <laughs> so I thought, hmm. Uh, so, I, people sometimes ask me, we, we run a school of supernatural life, and a bit like you guys here, and uh, have fun, and then I preach in various places, and people say, can I have your notes? I said, you, you could, but they won't bear in much resemblance <laughs> what I've just talked about. So, so we'll see how this comes out. I don't know which one's going out on your recordings, but you can choose, or both, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. We had a good time this morning. Oh. Feels good in here, doesn't it? Yeah, I hope you like being part of this church. You've got a few of them. I'll see, see what I can do for it by the end of, end of the morning. I said this morning, actually, that, that I'll just briefly say that as far as I'm concerned, I, I, love, I love my church. I love being part of a church family. And uh, I miss them when I'm not there. I <coughs> love coming to serve another place. But, you know, this is your church family. And for you, this should be the best church in the world. For me, my church is the best church in the world because that's the one that I'm part of. It's not a competition. It's not a comparison. It just is what I give my life to and the people I give my life to. Now, sometimes you know, things people move geographically and stuff like that. But, you know, it is one that, well, I don't know of a greater privilege in life than to be part of the bride of Christ. Yeah. And uh, occasionally people ask me how big my church is. It's usually a church leader question. They like to see where they fit. I normally say about two billion. <laughs> Last count, roughly around the world, I think there's about two billion believers. <laughs> Just part of that, really. Doing our bit in the middle of it all. And amazed to see what God's doing all around the world. And he really is doing amazing things. And, and it, you know, it's easy to just look at other places in the world and think, wow, God's doing amazing things there. But actually, in the UK, poof. What a time to be a Christian in the UK. Right. really is. I, I, you know, I've been a Christian more than 40 years now. <laughs> a little ho-ho on the front <laughs> from Nick, who's with me, because there's a little story there. that uh, I went to Bristol University. Nick went to Bristol University. He was actually born again in a, a mission that I led in 1980. And, but what we didn't know is until a couple of years ago <laughs> was that, although we lived in the same hall of residence, I didn't realise that actually he'd two years after me, he'd lived in the same room that I lived in. And it was in that room that God met me one evening and called me. And I knew what he called me to do. I had no idea how it was going to happen. But actually, literally, God came into my university <coughs> residence room and, and both me set me on a path for life. Um, and here I am, still running. Excited to still be running. But discovering new things all the time. You ready to discover some new stuff today? Yeah. How many of you were in for the first meeting? So you think, no, I've heard it all already, so we're going to be... Uh, it'll be different, but... Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm really excited about God. You get excited about God? Somebody's really excited. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking, I'm not just excited, I'm the really excited bit. And um, most places I, I, I go and preach, I just start off with a simple little phrase that God is here. And everybody goes... And then they're waiting for me to say something else. And I say, let's just take stock of that for a moment, shall we? 
God is here. We go, yeah, yeah, every Sunday. Turns up. He turns up and I'm not quite sure where he sits, but he's definitely here somewhere. He might be in a cafe, if you know, you know, I don't know what depends how good the, depends how good the worship is, I guess. So <laughs> he's here. What does that mean to you? How much does that mean to you? Not just in, in terms of, you know, your excitement, but what's your expectation that, that sits alongside that? Like I said this morning, if, if, if I could tell you that Jesus was in the cafe right now, in person, not many of you being here. Oh, I, I know I can preach, but I'm not that good. <coughs> but we have a certain expectation of Jesus, which is good. If I say that Jesus actually isn't here right now, who is? See, Jesus said, actually, I'm, I'm going. Bye, guys. <laughs> I said, now, if Jesus was out there, I'd be rugby tackling him to make sure he didn't leave, wouldn't you? But actually, Jesus said, no, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And it's really good that I'm going. We didn't look good. Doesn't feel good, but actually, Jesus said, This is, this is, and he said, And I won't leave you alone. And she said, said something, actually, said something even more significant. Not, I won't leave you alone. He said, I won't leave you as orphans. I don't leave you as orphans. I leave you as sons and daughters of the king with an inheritance. Now, who is the seal of our inheritance? The Holy Spirit is the seal of our inheritance. So who's here right now? The Holy Spirit's here. Now, again, some people go, yep, know that, he's here. And we do that bit at the end of the meeting. <laughs> or maybe before. <laughs> no, he's here, he's actually here. He's the main event. I know, that's strange to say. And don't tell me, I'm not taking away from Jesus here, because people are like, no, no. Because actually, they really honour one another, those guys. The Trinity really do like each other, and they honour one another. They don't fight for top spot. And actually, what they, what they fight to do is give top spot away. It's very interesting. You, you, they fight to give top spot away, you see. So, so, you know, Jesus says, oh, the Father's greater than me. Oh, right, we've got it now. He's the great... Then who gets the name above all names? <laughs> what just happened to top spot around here? Uh, and Jesus says, I'm going away, and it's better for you that Holy Spirit comes. Hold on, how come? Do you see, we like to sort of categorize them. Oh, I've got it sorted. Father's the great one, Jesus is number two, and Holy Spirit. Anybody think like that? Well, a lot of Christianity thinks like that. So, which verse? Oh, I know we'll start. We'll start on John 14, verse 12 this time. Okay, so I want you to look at a Bible passage. Now, this is where you get a chance to look at Facebook on your phone. I know, you know, but, no, uh, uh, but not to do that. Okay, so, so, so in whatever form you've got a Bible, you can look at it. If you haven't got one, I'll read it out for you in a minute, but I don't need to read it out. I'll, I'll. I want you to read John 14, verse 12. 
And then I just want to ask yourself a very simple question. Do I believe it? Now, I know it's in the Bible, and you have to believe it. All right? That's, you sort of, yeah, of course I believe it. It's in the Bible. Now, I really want you to say, do you really believe it? Do you believe it's true? John 14, verse 12. And I like, like an honest, just be honest with yourself. I had to be honest with myself about 10 years ago, and it came as a shock to me when I realised, having led the church for the best part of 20 years, there are bits of the Bible I still don't believe. John 14, verse 12 says this. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's always funny, because Jesus always told the truth. This is what he said, I'm really telling you the truth. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. So how many of you are up for doing what Jesus did? Man, I'm going to have to work hard with you, crowd. <laughs> Seriously, how many, how many of you fancy doing the works of Jesus? How about even greater works? <laughs> that's, a, that's a stretch, eh? Some people go, what, what's greater? I, I haven't got time to go into that in depth, but what I find amazing is that, see, <laughs> Jesus didn't reserve the greatest works for himself. Because not, they're not fighting over top spot. And neither are we, because actually I know who's in top spot. He is. But, what's he called me to be? What's he called me to do? And he says this, because I'm going to the Father. What's the implication of when Jesus went to the Father, who came? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes this true. Okay? All right, so, so this is normal Christianity. We're going to explore that a little bit. This is, this is the normal. You ready for normal? Or do you want subnormal? Normal is good enough. But yes, this is, this, is, this, is, this is how it works. <clears throat> so, let me read you a story from last week. Okay, th- these are just from within the last couple of weeks' stories. This was last week, last Sunday in Kendall, in the Lake District. We had a team up there. And um, <clears throat> so in a family meeting, church meeting in an Anglican church in Kendall last Sunday, this is what happened. A mother of six young children in her mid-30s had suffered a compression of the spinal cord six years ago. Six discs were removed and surgeons fused the lower back. She's had no sensation to her left leg and has been unable to walk unaided due to weakness, numbness and foot drop as a result of nerve damage and muscle wasting. Due to the constant pain, she's been on high-strength medication, including oral morphine. She responded in faith by raising her hand for prayer. That's all she did. After listening to the stories of healings and miracles that we have seen recently, and she met with the love and power of Jesus. As sensation and strength was being restored to her leg, the woman was tearful and lost for words. She then had the courage to stand up. And you know, it's often, you know, it takes courage and takes steps to activate your faith. She had courage to stand up and take steps unaided by her crutch for the first time in six years. She's got six children, okay? 
Her older children, she's in the mid-thirties, her older children, smiling and crying, watched their mother gaining more and more confidence with each step. A short while later, she was able to pick up and hold her two-year-old son in her arms for the first time without help, pain, or fear of falling. We celebrated and continued to encourage her and her children, recognising that we were seeing God do far more than heal a body. We were watching hope, destiny, and the ability to dream for all of them being restored. We later received a message from this lady. She has given permission for it to be shared. She said this, I really am doing amazing. This was later that afternoon. I came home, and it says, cut my garden. I think it says, cut my lawn, cut, cut my grass for the first time in six years. It might be a boring job for most, but I've dreamed of being able. <laughs> Been able to get back in my garden with my kids for years. Words can't describe how much this means to me, even more so to my kids. <clears throat> <clears throat> Who, who pray for her? Actually, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Somebody did. This lady had faith, and somebody prayed in faith, and God done what God alone can do. And the Bible tells me that faith is worth more than gold. So, have you got faith in Jesus? So you qualify for the more, the, the works of Jesus. And you've got something in you that, that's actually worth more than what this world can provide. I'm a medical doctor, um, and I know you can't buy that. You can buy the best medical care in the world. That won't be the outcome. We, we have something available to us that is worth more than the world can offer. I could tell you story after story of this. A few years ago, I prayed for an 18-month-old girl who was dead, and she came back to life. And then given her back to her mum. And then she's got life. I don't know her name. I couldn't lead you to her if I wanted to. It doesn't matter. It wasn't about me. Really was about her. She's the giver of life, and I get to participate in that giving of life. So, I want to try and look at what faith is. You know, briefly, this is the. This is just a vast subject, and it's one I'm writing a book about at the moment because I just you know, Christianity be, used to be called the faith, and you know, faith is faith is the key issue. Um, I want to say that faith, if I, I summarise it, faith is, is your connection to God. How are you connecting to him? What, what's that look like in every walk of life? <coughs> um, and uh, there are certain areas in, in most people's Christianity where, where the, they've got faith nailed down. So many of you, I guess many of you would speak in tongues? Speak in tongues? No, you can speak in tongues? Short about it? Not, not hoping you can, just know you can. Probably wasn't like that when you started speaking in tongues. 
that there's a journey that you go on that actually gets that as a normal part of your Christianity. Prophecy. Many of you would prophesy now, but actually a few years ago, oh, I hope I can, hope I can, hope I can. And you, and you go on the journey of pushing, stepping out in faith. So you know you can. And if you come to Eastgate, I don't think, oh, wonder if we'll get a prophecy for you today. I just ask some of our friends to prophesy over you. It doesn't occur to me that it wouldn't happen. It doesn't occur to me that I can't speak in tongues. Actually, I do it 24 hours a day. I just I've trained myself to do that. So, so, but those, are, those were places where I've stepped out in faith in the past. And I've gained the ground. Now I'm gaining ground in other areas. And, and healing and miracles are some of those areas that we're gaining ground on and other aspects of supernatural life. But <clears throat> the joy of this is, is that God is infinite and eternal, is he not? So how much have you got left to learn? <laughs> or are you bored? If you're bored, you've switched off somehow. You've lost your, lost your connection. <clears throat> and um, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, that anybody who comes to God must believe that he exists and he wants to reward those. He will reward those who seek him. Now, again, I've looked at that, and that's, that's, the NI, that's the NIV version. If you come to God, you must believe he exists. And I said, with my sort of kind of logical brain, I thought, if I didn't believe he exists, I wouldn't come to him in the first place. Um, and I actually studied that, and, and the Greek doesn't say that he exists. It actually says this word, that if you, if you come to God, you must believe that he is, and that he rewards those who seek him. And it reminded me of, of when Moses asked God who he is, God says, this is my name. So what name does God give himself? I am. And then Moses thought that was a slightly incomplete version. So he said, okay, so... A bit more? <laughs> I am. And, and because if I stood up here and said, just, you know, I'm introducing myself and I go, I am. You're waiting for more, aren't you? I'm Pete. Oh, well, that's, that tells you... A little, little detail. If I tell you that I'm a doctor, then that helps you understand. If I tell you that I'm a Chelsea fan, that expands you even more. And I'm happy at the moment. Oh. Woohoo! Oh, happy man. Manchester City fan over there. Keep, keep trying. That's what I say. Keep trying. <laughs> it's a journey of faith. I know. You're, it's a big journey. <laughs> I'm a dad. We've got two great kids. I'm a granddad. You know, I lead the church. Do you understand? The more I, I reveal about myself, the more you know the more you can actually put your expectation of me. And this is what I'm trying to teach God. God said, I am who I am. And he refused to fill in the details. Because if he filled in the details, we would have the, this, this box-like understanding of who God is. Yeah. You see, he can't fit in a box because he's infinite eternal. So even if he started describing himself, it would never end. Yeah. So you can't say, I, well, because he'd still be writing. So he says, this is, the, this, is, this is the fun. You fill in the dot. You, you discover who I am. You discover the nature of who I am. I would suggest that you know, some of the things we've been discovering over the last few years is the goodness of God. God is good. God is our Father. So I know that this big thing here, you know, the Father heart of God, that big thing here, it is, isn't it? 
probably 20 years ago, we didn't think of him in the same way in that context. Yeah, we wished to, yeah, our Father in heaven, but actually we hadn't had that exploration of God is Father. No, that's changed. Massive, hasn't it? That's changed the whole way I anticipate interacting with God. My expectation lines up with my knowledge of who he is, and he is very keen to reveal himself. So Ephesians 1.17 says this, I keep asking that God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. See, revelation not come to puff you up. It comes to reveal who he is so that actually your connection with him grows then your expectation of what that means grows. Yeah? And, that's what, and faith is the discovery of who he is. It's as simple as that. And then, then the confidence in who he is. So, so how much have you discovered of who he is? So, um, and again, I'm talking in the first service about the lady who, who'd been bleeding for 12 years. Now, what did she know about Jesus? Well, she heard that this is the guy who was healing everybody. She knew his name. She knew that she wanted that. <clears throat> and she said, right, I'm going to get to him. I'm going to get to him. And if I can just touch him just to touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Now that is faith. That, that, that is faith. Because so she said, I am confident in, in this guy that if I get close enough to him, this will happen because it's, it's literally who, who he is. It's in him. Um, and the Bible tells us, and it's in two, gospel, two Gospels, the story, so it's worth reading the two together to get the full picture of this story. But no, there was a massive crowd who was pressing in around him, and she pushed her way through the crowd somehow to get to him, which would take huge courage in the first place to overcome the social and religious inhibitions that that, that meant, because she was an unclean person, weren't bleeding going on. Yeah. So she shouldn't have been there, she shouldn't have been touching anybody. Um, but she pushed through the crowd, and she got close enough to Jesus, and she touched him. Now, it also is clear from, from that story that, that Jesus didn't know she was there. <clears throat> but she touched him, and it says power went out from him. He, he realized something had happened, not because somebody touched him, because a lot of people were sh- touching him. There was jostling going on all around. Somehow touched, somebody touched him in faith. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. So a lot of people were touching Jesus, but actually Jesus knew an interaction of power had happened because somehow she had drawn on him in faith with an expectation of who he is. Okay? So, so here's a question. Did Jesus try to heal her? No, he didn't try. How, how did it happen then? <laughs> it happened because of who he is. See, he didn't turn on healing. He didn't say, oh, this is the need, I'll turn on healing right at this moment in time. Oh, yep, go into healing mode. (laughs) All right, now prophecy mode or this mode. No, he just is. And he never is less than he is. He's always full on. He doesn't switch off. So how much of him are you accessing? So even as we were praying, actually, just this is a thought, and this is not a correction. Hear me, hear me right on this. See, I, in the past, I've often prayed for, for, for the peace of God. It's good. And in Philippians, it talks about this, actually, um, da-dee-da-da, do this, and 
peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. So, go a little bit further down. It says, do this and the God of peace will be with you. It's in the same passage in Philippians chapter 4. So, now, I think there's a big difference between the God of peace being with you and trying to get the peace of God. See, one is an internal reality, the other is an external need. And there's a big difference living in peace than trying to get peace when you need it. That's why you can... That's, <laughs> ah, got me on a different subject. <laughs> that's how you cannot be anxious about anything. That's a supernatural lifestyle. How can you not be anxious about it? If you had my life, you'd be anxious as well. No, no, I've got a God of peace. So I'm not trying to find peace in my moment of anxiety. I've got a God, a God of peace who supplies all the need that I need for every situation that could ever face me. Do you understand the difference? So I don't try and heal people. <laughs> See, I don't, I can't. It doesn't come out of trying. It just doesn't. So last weekend I was up in Inverness and um, there's a guy there, he's got uh, very advanced <coughs> uh, secondary cancer, um, terminally ill, you know, counting the sort of the, the moments that they have still in life, he and his wife, and, and with a beautiful story of how, how they're really loving each other in it and enjoying every moment together, but actually, you know, all this, the sadness that he's ill, very ill. Big liver that's enlarged by secondaries in, in liver, pressing on his rib cage, pressing on other things, causing him constant pain. And he looked really ill, you know, been grey, he was grey. <coughs> and uh, so I went and prayed for him on Friday evening, I was in a Christian meeting, and um, uh, I prayed for him and he said it was like um, lightning suddenly hit him in the, where, I, where I'd touched him. No, I didn't try, it's not a technique, Okay, turn the lightning thing on now. Uh, is God all powerful? Yes. Can He do it like lightning? Sure. I, I, this wasn't the prayer. I didn't say, "All oh, right." But I just touched this guy. I didn't even know. I didn't feel anything. I literally, I prayed to him. But what happened was he slumped to the floor, and I just sort of kindly laid him out. And he, he was there with God. His wife was having a great old time rolling around laughing, trying to get up off the floor but not managing it. So I said, it's easy just to stay there. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't get up too quick. Uh, anyway, the next morning he wakes up and tells his wife he's got no pain. See him that night, his, his colour's back, he's pink. We, we have a prophetic appointment, we prophesy over him, and as, as our team are prophesying over him, he gets smothered in gold dust all over his clothes. <laughs> it's one of those manifestations, I love that manifestation, it's just because it makes people wonder. I, and I can't produce that, I can't say, whoops, there it is. I'm just amazed that God creates something out of nothing. That's all I need to know, he's here. That, see, for me, that's a, that's a creator. Some people say, well, what was it? I say, I don't really care. I'm just quite impressed that God can do that. Yeah. <laughs> he does all sorts of strange things to reveal himself. But it's ever so easy to miss those things or dismiss them. Yeah. He, he tries to get beyond just your intellectual understanding. 
So on the Sunday morning, this guy's there giving his testimony. He had been walking with stick, no stick, no pain. Think, leading worship. (laughs) 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 What happened? Jesus happened. Holy Spirit happened. On the streets of Inverness on the Friday, we prayed for a guy. Um, and I think he's not homeless, but he's, he's a sort of one of these resident beggars on a high street. You know, you have to have people. And he's, he's there with his seat. He's got himself sorted out. He's, he's, he looks quite comfortable in that place. And, and um, <clears throat> he's obviously a feature of the high street because people are interacting with him. And So our, our teams go and uh, find him as their treasure on their treasure maps. They say, hello, let me introduce him. And anyway, they, they end up praying for him. And he's had pain in his wrist for, I don't know how long, but with scars and everything going on. And I don't know all the details, but his pain instantly disappeared on the streets of Inverness. Wow. <coughs> and he's saying to the people, hey, hey, don't leave me, will it, will it, will it stay gone? And I said, yeah, yeah, stay gone. And so, so our team go off around the street, and then he says, well, please come back, please come back and check on me. So they, they go back and check on him, and his, his pain's still gone. So the next morning we're out on the streets again, and there, there he is, sitting at his usual space and, uh, and basically he's telling everybody he's going past and remember he's a feature of Inverness so the whole of Inverness is now getting to know he said the faith healers were out yesterday and I haven't got pain in my wrists anymore <coughs> now the, 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 see, see God is not limited to church meetings I know you already know that but I, I just wanted to let you know now all of Inverness is, is, is getting to know actually there really is a God and he does things, not just in church buildings, but on the streets. I love it when, 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 when people who have an interaction with God, we, we, okay, I've got so many stories to tell you, but miracles on the streets is, is actually something that we just expect now. No, no, again, it's not necessarily new to you guys, but it just, and then people start to tell other people about Jesus. We met a guy who, and this is what he did. You know, that, that, that's the story. We, that's the story of the New Testament. Hey, I met this guy, and this is what, what, what he did. Um, so really what I'm trying to tell you is, is that, that Jesus is, is, is actually just does what he does because of who he is. Does that make sense to you? And the Holy Spirit is exactly the same nature. Yep. Are we happy with that? I know, you, I know it's theologically true, and you, but I want you to get hold of this as an actual truth. There, there is no difference in nature between the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Okay. So here's a question. Is God supernatural? We'll come back to that one, okay? <coughs> a couple of weeks ago, we had a lady, young lady in our church who's got scoliosis. Curvature of the spine, quite severe. Had it all her life. <coughs> And um, we had a conference with Randy Clark, and she, she was sitting at the back, and uh, and she's in constant pain when she's sitting down. Um, and uh, she got prayed for, and then she went back, and then she realised that she didn't have any pain in the back anymore. <coughs> and then, cut a long story short, she no longer has a curvature in her spine; it's completely straight. <laughs> <laughs> And a, a part of the story I only discovered yesterday, I, went, I bumped into her mum and dad yesterday in the coffee shop where Kim and I were, and they were showing me the, the, the X-ray of her spine from previously, and this was really 
you know, with a doctor's eye, really severe curvature. And uh, they had a wedding that they were going to, <coughs> and uh, this young lady um, had a dress which was basically at the length, but when she was on her high heels, it was going to be that, but when she was taking her high heels off to dance, it was probably going to catch, so she was a bit concerned whether she needed to shorten it so she could dance at the wedding. Um, so, so tried it on again. <laughs> what they found was actually that the, the dress was now effectively shorter on her because because of spina <laughs> shifted. That actually she was now taller than she was previously. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, those little things. So, so, oh, yeah. So it was, she didn't even have to alter the her, the dress. Um, oh, here, but, no, no. This is, here's a good one. This was from Friday this week, two days ago. Um, this is one of the students in our school says, Hey, I was with a great young lady today doing free hugs in Gravesend. She hugged a 75-year-old <coughs> lady who was on her way to Tesco. After a little chat, I joined in. Her hands looked like they were painful and maybe in need of prayer. We were asking her about her hands and, in <coughs> and any pain she was in. <coughs> she said that she had been healed of something else the week before. <laughs> so it turned out that she'd been at the Eastgate Healing Centre, which we run on a Saturday morning a couple of times a month. After an accident in 1972... This is 45 years, okay? This lady's 75, so this is since the age of 30. After an accident in 1972, her hips had been affected and her whole right side was weak, which meant she then walked with a lean to the right. Back to last week, she received prayer and didn't notice any change whilst still inside Eastgate. So our team are going, eh, anything up? It's interesting, isn't it? See, we don't believe anybody can come and touch Jesus and something not happen. <coughs> This is her story. As I was walking home, I realised I was standing up straight wow. with no lean and no pain. <laughs> 45 years. What happened? She touched Jesus. Holy Spirit is inside us doing the works of Jesus and the greater works. I'll, I'll give you an idea of what I think a great work. A great work is changing a nation. Jesus didn't change his nation in his day. He gave us the opportunity to change nations. And I've seen it happen through miracles and signs and wonders. And it's in the first chapter of my book. <coughs> I've seen a nation changed, literally. You like to be involved in changing a nation? Let's go for it, shall we? This, this, is, this, is, this is what faith does. See, faith is not just turning up here on a Sunday morning faithfully, although faithfulness is, is an aspect of faith. <coughs> it's the expectation <coughs> you attach to the fact that God is in you. I said, um, <coughs> most of you have got a mobile phone, and without going into great detail, but I've got <coughs> an elderly person that I know actually has one of these, but the only reason that she has it is so that she could possibly make emergency calls if she needs it. So it goes around in a bag and it's turned off. <laughs> but if she'd need it in the merch, she'd turn it on. And then she's got a couple of numbers in there that she would buzz. It's more like one of those buzzers around, you know. But so that's great. That's what she wants it for. That's her expectation of it. Um, you know, and, and <coughs> is, is that, is that utilising the capacity of a smartphone? What do you think? Not really. Do you think there's more? But that's that's her. That's what she wants. That's her expectation. So that, that, then it tucks it in the pocket. We can't we can't phone her on it because it's not on. You know, it, it, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> so. <coughs> I just want to try and help you realise the 
the potential of what's already in you. So a number of years ago, again, when I was working as a GP, I did a, a visit, what's called a postnatal visit, to check up on newborn child in a family that uh, I was looking after. And I knew the mum, um, and obviously looking forward to meeting the, the new arrival. Didn't know the, the dad, because I'd not met him. Um, but uh, knew, knew the mum quite well, so I was excited to go around. And usually those are quite social occasions. You just go there and go have a cup of tea and a little chat around, you know, new arrival and stuff like that. So... So I, I turned up at the door and um, swinging my doctor's case happily there, ready for my cup of tea and a biscuit because I used to stage those for the last visit in the morning because get rid of the heavy stuff and this was the sort of sit down and relax time. So, so, so sure enough, the, the husband meets me at the door, says, oh, hello, welcome, we've been expecting you. I thought, yep, good. And um, said, my wife's upstairs with the baby, she'll be down in an instant. So, yeah, I said, great. Uh, would you like a cup of tea? Yes. Working biscuit, yes, absolutely. This is just what I came here for. This is my expectation: <laughs> cup of tea and a biscuit. Might seem a bit basic, but yeah, that was it. And a nice little chat with, it, with you know, niceties of life. So, so the guy goes off kitchen, make, puts the kettle on, then he comes back and he says, "I've got some questions for you." He said, "Yep, yeah, that's what I was expecting." He says, "So," he said, "I want, want to ask you a question. Um, if both my wife and I die, what's going to happen?" <laughs> now, now, I'm thinking, well, that's a kind of it's not the level of question I was anticipating at this moment. I was, I, was, I was thinking cup of tea, biscuit, some nice little stories about, you know, baby and, and, and how delighted he was, but no, he wants to talk about if they die. So I, I was, it was one of those ones where I was completely unexpecting this question, so I wasn't mentally prepared for it, so I'm just sort of checking. I said, I think I said, I'm not quite sure how, how to answer that right now. He says, yeah, but that's why you're here. Thought, well, Okay. <laughs> so, so with that, the wife comes downstairs, she opens the door and she, she comes in the room she says, oh, hello, doctor. And the guy goes, doctor? <laughs> he said, I thought you were the life insurance salesman. <laughs> now, I understand that's an important part of life to sort out of that, but... but I, that, that, he, he is so embarrassed at this point, though. He, 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 he's... he's, he's Profusely apologetic, and trying to explain. His wife is rolling around laughing, and, and I'm, I think this, I'm thinking this is pretty funny. Then they start to ask me some. He starts to ask me some completely different questions, because the, now I'm engaging with the new life that's being given. <coughs> See, Jesus didn't come to give you a life insurance policy, but when you're ready to check out. No, that's a relevant question, but it's not the question of the moment. He came to give you life. Yeah. Life in all its fullness. So let's land, shall we, on a verse 2 Peter, chapter 1. Has God called you? Yeah. Some of you. <laughs> let's do that again. Has God called you? What has he called you to? Life. Let's have a look what, just what sort of life he's called you to, okay? So bear with me. got about three minutes to land this. It's fine. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and then into 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for, go for a godly life. How about that? Everything you need. 
Everything you need. Do you want to experience his power? Yeah, just to experience it, just to experience it, because in the experiencing you'll get all you need. Never apologise for experiencing the power of God. That's why when I pray for people and they fall on the deck, I think, okay, it's fine. It's not, I don't need it, don't look for it, I just know it happens. <clears throat> Strange things happen when you put your fingers in the socket. His divine power has given us everything we need <clears throat> for a God life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. This is your calling to participate in his nature. Wow. So then I asked you if God is supernatural. Actually, he's not. Not to him he's not. He's just natural. It's what he does. Just who he is. See, natural is an aspect of nature. This is his nature. This is what he does. It's natural for him. Jesus was just being natural when that lady touched him. Didn't turn on his supernatural special cloak. Just being himself. Ready to meet somebody who touched with faith. His nature. And you get that as well. We get that. We get to be his nature on earth. I'm not God. I'm not saying I am. But what I do know is that I've been made in the image of God. And he's called me with a purpose that's not just about a life exit policy. It's about life. And he's called me to give away life. He's called you to give away life. How many of us here enough to change Bedford? Yeah. <laughs> if you started doing the works of Jesus and then the greater works, it would be changed. And you don't get it by your own effort. You get it by living in the Spirit. Galatians Three, it says this, don't be foolish, having started by the Spirit, you now try to attain your goal by human effort. You don't have to try this if it's your nature, it just is. It just is the reality. And I want you to line your thinking up with that reality of who God has called you to be. It is the most extraordinary privilege and dignity I know on planet Earth be on God's mission with him literally inside me you know, Holy Spirit, I don't know how he fits I haven't worked that out <laughs> it doesn't make any sense it's the spiritual reality of God is in me so I want to ask you to stand and I'm going to pray for you for that reality to be real to, revealed to you in greater measure